welcome into Defeating the Curse, proud members of the Heroes Media Group. I am flying solo, and if you've been listening to this show with any type of regularity, this is a dream come true for me. FP and LP are out doing something uh, Skins-related. Stevie's got family duties and responsibilities, so it's just me. It's going to be a lot and a lot and a lot of me talking. Well, that's not entirely true. Yes, it's going to be a lot of me, but Eric Yeboah, a huge fan. Uh, we're, we're fans of his, and he's a, he's been a awesome to us since we started uh, coming on and talking about anything and everything related to the NBA. I, I think we did give him a hard time the first time he came on. We were talking about the Hawks and the meltdown in the uh, – or sorry, the Falcons and the meltdown in the uh, Super Bowl, but we'll leave that for another day. But for right now, I'd like to welcome back Eric Yeboah. Eric, thank you so much for coming back on. It's It's been a while, um, but thank you for coming on. And we got a lot to talk about it, but the, this NBA Eastern Conference is a disaster. It, to me, it's a disaster. It's completely unpredictable. The Hawks are uh, – I, I, I can't even – where are the Hawks right now last, in the Eastern Conference? Last. We're sitting last right now. Ah. We're behind the Bulls. Or maybe it might be like a game of other Bulls. It's, it's one of, you know, we're battling with the Bulls for last, so, yeah. Well, I mean, this is one of the craziest starts to an Eastern Con- or to the NBA yeah. season that I can remember in a long time. Lots of bodies changing uh, uniforms in the off season. We got Carmelo going out west. You got uh, you got the Bucks retooling in the East. You got Orlando somehow, basically, who everybody expected to to not be competitive, actually really holding their own pretty much in the Eastern Conference. You got King James mm-hmm. struggling to keep that team moving forward, and now you got. You got Eric Bledsoe switching uniforms. I mean, you got uh, Paul George moving, and everybody looked at the Pacers and said, wow, you gave up. You got nothing in return, but they're surprisingly doing just fine with the pieces that they picked up. This has been an incredible start to the season. Oh, and on top of that, the Warriors can't string two, three wins together like they could in years past. So, uh, I mean, what have you made of it? You cover the NBA. uh, you're, You're much closer to it than we are. To us as fans, it's completely nuts. What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, if we let's start in the East, like you said, right? Like, th- what I do enjoy about it is, yes, the East is all over the place, right? It's everybody's being being up on each other as we expected in the West, right? But with the East, what I will say is, I've been really thoroughly like impressed. Like, I've been excited watching a lot of these Eastern Conference games. Like, I mean, one guy I'm gonna point out, I gotta give him a shout out because that was big when he was coming at Indiana. But uh, Victor Oladipo is killing it right now, in Indiana. And I don't know if you guys, if anybody's taking notice of that, but he's one guy who's taken this time to like, I'm going to step up. I learned from Westbrook how to be the man, how to be dominant. And he's been killing it right now in Indiana. And, uh, and that's like, even though they're in a spot right now, but you know, like that's been impressive with me. Obviously the Sixers, man, if you're, if people aren't taking time to watch the Sixers, they need to do that. Like ASAP because Ben Simmons and Embiid, and you got J.J. Redick, and you got all the Covington and all these guys. They're really fun to watch. And they've got some impressive wins. I mean, they beat Houston already once. Um, they just beat last night. They beat Utah, a really good Utah team last night. So, like, there's certain teams in the East that are at least fun to watch. We know the Celtics. They just came to Atlanta a couple of days ago. Uh, unfortunately, Kyrie was getting an MVP champ in Phillips Arena, in my Hawks. <laughs> um, that's how it is in Atlanta. So that's another story I can go on about Atlanta. But um, – what I will say, you know, everybody knows, y'all listening, that I cover the Hawks uh, close. So it's, I'll say this about the Hawks. It's, the record doesn't always speak for what they're they're showing, like, on the court. And a lot of times people see tanking, and to a degree, yeah, we obviously know they got ripped of all their best qualities last year. I mean, Paul Millsap's gone. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. left to the Knicks and all that. 
They lost some good talent, but these guys are, are fighting though. Like I got to give them credit. Like yeah, it started off a little rough, rough there in the beginning, but this Hawks team, at least night in and night out, they're giving it their tough. They're giving it their toughest, and they gave Cleveland a loss that Cleveland deserved. Like they outplayed them. Like that whole game was out hustling them. That's what the Hawks team is going to do. They don't have enough talent right now to beat teams just by outscoring them, but they're going to out hustle you. So I, I'll say that with Atlanta, I've been really impressed with at least that. Yeah, they're last. They're probably being a the lottery. There's a good chance of that, but it's not as obvious that they're tanking. Well, we saw we um, saw something real similar here. I mean, we saw something. We saw the Mavericks come into DC with you know one one old win, and and they they doubled their win total last night in in Washington. Mm-hmm. And people here in, in DC, like last year, the Wizards started two and eight before they they really found some type of rhythm and got it moving. They they started mm-hmm. the season okay. Uh, they went out west mm-hmm. and and didn't do. I mean that 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 road trip out west, you know that loss to the Lakers was a tough one. They had the Warriors on the ropes and lost, and they. Uh, they beat the they beat the Kings, I believe, came home, and then they lost to the Suns, and now they lose again. You know, fast forward a couple of days, and now they, we lose again to another horrible team that they really should have beaten. So, if you know, the East is is just weird. I mean, if I if I had told you that the the Pistons, Magic, Raptors, and Knicks would all be ahead, or uh, uh, you know, and the Sixers <laughs> would be ahead of the Wizards, the uh, the Cavs, and the Bucks. I mean, you you would have told me I was crazy. Or I didn't know what I was talking about, yeah. but those are three teams: the Wiz, Cavs, Bucks, um, the Heat. Actually, are, are not a terrible team. These are all teams that were uh, they should be playoff bound. But right now, you know, it, you know, Porzingis is is the talk of the. He's the he's he's all the rage right now in in New York. And mm-hmm. the Raptors, you know, the Raptors are always kind of around. But the Magic, they they have no business winning six games so far in the season. But they have, and I, you know, I shared a kind of a working theory, if you will. I'd love to get your take on it. A couple, uh, I think it was last week. I, I was asking the guys, and we had a little uh, Twitter poll up. You know, do the lack of the back-to-back games that the NBA's worked so hard to remove? I mean, that that they they made the, the season longer. They started it or, or the game the same number of games, but it starts earlier, so there's less yeah. back-to-back games. My working theory is that actually benefits the average and below average teams because they get rest and they get an opportunity to strategize ahead of essentially every game, so they're not caught off guard always losing the second of a back-to-back, whereas the good teams and the above-average teams typically find a way to win, even if it's a back-to-back. What do you think about that? Yeah, I like no, I, I like that approach, and I haven't even really thought about like what it did for these average teams, but it's a very good point. I mean, like Atlanta, more than any, as young as Atlanta is, all these young teams in the East, it benefits them to have a couple of days to get ready for, even though the, the, okay, the Cavs win was the biggest win they've had so far. Like I just, I'm using Atlanta for an example, but it came after just like a day or two um, after another game they had, right? And they played them, and you could tell that there was a certain level of energy. I know it's early on, but you could tell the certain level of energy they have and focus on how, how to respond to different play calling that the Cavs are doing. Like it did seem a lot more alert, which is why – I'm always amazed by that. I'm like, I didn't really think about it as far as a risk point, you know, standpoint, but that's very true. I mean, you got, I kind of like it because it just kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Like eventually as the season goes on and these back-to-backs happen, a lot of times you see it all the time. Like a lot of these back-to-backs, uh, like you'll be surprised with these wins and these losses, some teams upsetting somebody because you're like, wait, how did they beat them? But really a lot of these times just because guys are just worn down, right? So it's like it's not it's not really a fair match. Now, like you said, you're spreading it out. Guys are able to really like key in on 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 their matchups and focus in because a lot. I'll say this a lot of times. You go in the NBA locker rooms and and guys will have um, they're like each player gets their own like four or five pages of what kind of play calls they need to look out for, right? 
So you, every player is focusing on the certain play calls they have to their their matchup. They have to read it before the game. Blah blah blah. A lot of guys throw it on the ground. Like I'm being so real. A lot of guys don't read it. They're not really glued to it because it's the games are running so close together. You know what I mean? So like you're saying is a lot of times these guys are just like man, I'm just gonna go out there and just play. Like I. If, if this happens, oh, well. But a lot of times these games are going so close together. It's like, ah, man, I, you get worn out mentally, physically. But I like them spreading us out. It's, it really has been a fair, like, some of these average teams. I mean, like you said, Orlando right now, six wins, four, four losses. It's like, I just would have never thought that this would ever happen. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy what's going on right now, yeah. Well, you even look at the, you know, you look at the Sixers. You, you mentioned the Sixers. I mean, they, they, dropped, they dropped, I think, four of their first six or, or, or four of their first – uh, however many it was, but they've won five straight, four of their first five, and now they've won five straight. You know, they're sitting at yeah, six yeah. and four. That's a young team, you know, and, and yeah. we weren't, I wasn't crazy about that J.J. Redick signing, but you know what, he's, he's kind of the perfect fit for that team. Gives them a little bit of that, that, that gritty veteran presence to help control mm-hmm. that locker room mm-hmm. as, they, as they come together. You know, but look at, let's look at the Wizards. For, the Wizards are on the opposite end of it, right? They are a good team, yeah. above average team, similar to the, similar to the Cavs. And they've now been caught several times this season losing or, or just coming out. Not that they were flat, but they were outplayed by a team that, to yeah. me, seemed equally well-rested. Whereas in years past, maybe they don't – Maybe they don't. the Suns don't pull away from them or catch up because the Suns are not as talented and they're, you know, they're playing the second, uh, the second game in two nights or the third game in four nights or however it works out. But now everybody, like you said, it, it does level the playing field. As a as a consumer of the NBA product, my the knock that I've always had on the NBA, it, the what makes it different than the other three major sports in in the NFL, yeah. in the NHL, and and in in baseball, it's not necessarily about the best team. It's always about the team that gets hot at the right time, specifically going mm-hmm. into the postseason. So you can have a wild card team run the tables and win the Super Bowl. Or compete and you know for the Stanley Cup, or as we've seen in baseball, most regularly, you get the right pitching and it doesn't matter. You just got to get in. With basketball, yeah. it, it doesn't happen that way. It's very rare that you don't get the one or two seed representing the conference. But this is, uh, to me, it's a very welcome change. It, it's going to force. Yeah. It, I mean, yes, to some extent, it's going to sort itself out. But you are going to have more teams. It's going to be harder to get to that 72-73 win mark because. There's every team is going to be rested and have a chance at least to to realign their thinking and their strategy before the next game because there's so few of these uh you know these these back to back games so you know it's going to bring some parity into the league that hasn't been there but uh, you know to some extent I think it's gonna I think it's gonna sort itself out and the top three four teams will be the top three four teams but they won't go in with fifty five sixty wins they'll go in with fifty maybe forty nine wins mm-hmm. yeah and that's why and you see a lot of these coaches now like people i think i saw i read about steve kerr a lot of these coaches now are going deeper in their rotations than before right you're not able to do that like budenhoser and atlanta said that he would only have like 10 and he's he's gone games where he's played 12 you know steve kerr they asked steve kerr about how come he plays pretty much everybody on his team is the same mindset i mean coaches are going to go deeper in there and the thing is they really have to with the way the nba is like you compare it to other major sports i don't know how much mileage is I want to compare. Right? I'm, I might be biased because I played ball growing up. I play AAU. I play a lot of AAU basketball. I play high school basketball. And the mileage that's put on AAU guys, and then you think about them going to college, and you can, you know, then think about them going to the NBA. I just feel like NBA players have a lot more mileage on them than some of these other sports. And by the time they get there, we this is when you have injuries. You have 
you got to really like pay attention to the maintenance. So I'm liking this new change because guys are coming in. Yeah, they're 19, 20 years old, but I'm telling you, they've played over 500, 600 games of basketball. You know, just I mean, I'm just guessing around that amount, but they've been at camps. They're busy at camps every weekend. They're busy at tournaments every weekend. They have obligations everywhere. You know what I mean? So it's like this is an NBA that they're coming in. Guys are younger than before, but they played a lot of basketball. So I'm I'm all in for this rule here. Yeah, and frankly, if it gives if it gets us, you know, the stud players around the league playing and not sitting out for rest or coaches' yep. decision, you know, did not play, then I'm for it too. That's a better product ultimately for everyone. I mean, yeah. and and regular season NBA games sometimes are real tough to watch, but if you can if you can guarantee or at least get me closer to a guarantee that the quality is going to be better and the studs are going to be there, yeah, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll pay the ticket and go to go to a DC home game when the Rockets come to town only that one time or the Spurs because I know, you know, it's more certain that I'm going to get to see the players that I want to see and not, exactly. you know, somebody yeah. just DNP because this game really doesn't matter. Um, you exactly. know, so on that note, Eric, let me get your thoughts about the the West. I mean, the West is um, it's less it's less crazy than the East, but it certainly has its uh, <laughs> its craziness too. Uh, what have you seen out West? I, I, specifically, I mean, the Rockets, the Warriors, and the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder are sitting in twelfth place, and they really shouldn't be there. I, I mean, to me, I mean, they're behind the Lakers. They're behind the Lakers, and that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. What are you seeing yeah. out West? So- Man, the West, too, is – I, I want to say, first off, I saw the Rockets up close last Friday night when they came into Atlanta. And I got to just quickly say, I mean, James Harden is something Beast. to watch, man. He's incredible. Yeah. My God. I mean, I don't think that guy sweat like broke a sweat that game, but he <laughs> plays with such an ease. He plays with such an ease, my man. Like, I I marvel at that, like, just how calm he is. Like, it's he's never in a rush. So, people who – no, take – James Harden's on the – like, he's trying to tear up every single team every night. So, he's a, he's a watch. Everybody needs to make sure they're, they're watching. But, I mean, the West is – as we look at it, I really like – the Grizzlies have been really surprisingly good. Marcus Saul quietly is like tearing it up, right? And he, I, I was reading something about him saying that he, he wanted to up his rebounding numbers because last year he had, I think he had a career low rebounding numbers last year. So this season he's been really, you know, like quietly in that MVP race. He probably, you know, as the season goes, I don't, he's not going to get much consideration, but Marcus Saul is killing it out there. Um, I, obviously the Warriors are the Warriors. Uh, they've, people, I think, overreact with all of their, with the earlier slow starts they had. A lot of these games have been kind of coming out the gate a little slow, and that just happens with a championship team. You know how that goes every beginning of the year. Um, Damian Lillard is ridiculous. I think we all knew that. He dropped an album. He's dropping game winners. He's dropping albums. Well, <laughs> you know, just a note on him. He, he's going he's gonna to go down. If he doesn't get traded out of Portland, he's going to yeah. be the best player that no one's ever seen play. Yes, yes, yes. And it's sad because I'm like, People, this is why I think he's a guy that that gets it right. Like he understands that he's because his demeanor is I'm all about business. So Dame's not going to be loud about people not paying attention to him. He's just like yeah, he gets on his Twitter and he does he does like something every now and then. But he's also a guy that doesn't ask for it. Like you guys see that in Washington with John Wall, where I still feel like we people don't really appreciate John Wall, right? But he's a guy that. Yeah, he says he has confidence from now on. Now. You know, he's going to say I'm the best point guard that, you know, he has the confidence, but it's like still people don't watch enough John Wall to me. And it's like Dame's in the same boat. You know, it's like him and, and, and CJ McCollum. What did they do with undersized guards in Portland? I mean, it's marveling. Like, it's every single night, those two 
are they're right there. Like they they give themselves a chance every single night. And you got Nurkic there, who's been finally they keep him healthy. That's the biggest thing with them. They keep him healthy. Portland's got a chance to really make some noise this year. Um, the Clippers started off four and one, right? Yes, they did. Did we talk about the Clippers? I mean, Blake we haven't. Griffin, but yeah, they started four and one. They've lost the last three, uh, but they, mm-hmm. they look like they're going to be okay. They're going to they're going to be competitive. I mean, it's not like the wheels came off with uh, with with um, with Chris Paul leaving town. I mean, they're they're going to be okay, uh, but yeah. I I think you know it's one of those things where you lose you lose a stud. You know, you talked about about Gasol in in, in Memphis with Zebo gone, he's got yeah. more room to operate, and you can see that the offense. Flo- I mean, that's what I'm seeing. I haven't seen a whole bunch. I've seen like three Grizzlies games, but they they yeah. it's there's a real effort to get him a touch almost on every possession, and if something's there, mm-hmm. he takes it, and if not. You know he passes out, but that wasn't there yeah. a year ago. And to some extent, I think the Clippers are gonna they're gonna be okay. I mean, Chris Paul ran a very specific offense, um, and he demanded the ball, you know, pretty much all the time to set up plays. And you're yeah. seeing a little. You, you, to me, I'm, maybe I'm not watching it the right way, and I, I won't I won't say that I'm an expert by any means. But it looks like they get the ball. There's multiple people handling the ball in LA for the Clips. It's not yeah. it's yeah. not dominated the way it was with just Chris Paul setting up the offense or when Jamal Crawford was on the court, it was just Jamal. It, that's not happening anymore. It seems like it's yeah. a little bit more balanced. But ultimately, uh, you know, it's the Clippers. Like, I don't have a whole lot of faith in them or the organization, <laughs> you know, to, to be some to be relevant uh, come late March and April. Maybe they get into the playoffs. But frankly, I mean, the Lakers are, are the ones that are kind of stealing the shine out there in L.A. I mean, they, they got the fancy new toys. They got, they got you know, the, the ball family all in tow. Uh, although Lamelo, I think is is he in a Chinese jail right now? Oh, Leangelo, yeah, he's got oh, locked up. Sorry. Like like Akon said, yeah, Leangelo. He they say he stole some ramen noodles. I don't know if that's true, oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the whole thought of stealing ramen noodles, like, come on, man. I, well, I, you know, it's yeah, amazing. Not to make this political, but Donald Trump, uh, you know, President Trump is also in China, so we may end up with a Lavar Ball President Trump co like conference or something like a news conference to talk about it which would be i mean that should be on everyone's wish list for christmas that would be real special but uh you know the lakers the lakers the lakers beat the wizards uh the lakers actually come to town we we lost to them the Wiz lost to them in la after you know squandering a 16 point game and you know they come into town here tomorrow and you know for for whatever reason it's the hardest ticket to get so far this season but the Wizards should beat this team. I mean, the, the, yeah. they're, they're too yeah. young and inexperienced to be really competitive. But, you know, at 5-5, five and five, they've won two straight. They've looked okay. They look okay. That game there, that one bothered me. Like you said, they had the lead. Um, and it was it reminded me because I, I love – I love you. I love the Wiz. I love what you guys have. I love. I like Ubre. I'm a big. I think I told you on the last time we talked. I'm huge on Ubre. Like, and I feel like he's. I mean, he's putting up career numbers so far already. And I think if he takes that next step, to really help you guys out right now. I don't know if he should start now. I guess we should talk about that. We got to talk about that too, because I, I I feel like Ubre is pushing Otto out of that starting lineup. Eventually, he might actually take the starting lineup. That's just me. But my thing is for a team like the Wiz. To be as veteran, like savvy as they should be at this point, right? They, they, there's games. I'm like, why is this getting away from them? Why does it seem like I don't trust them to close this out? I mean, even though the word, like, we can talk about the Warriors game, right? And how that one felt like, yeah, it's the worst. So you respect that. I get you shouldn't get that lead up. You should never. 
But Bill goes out. Obviously, they lose Draymond. And he's like, all right, there's still a chance. They still feel like they had a hold on this game, but it just, they just completely unraveled. Like, it yeah. felt like they just lost control of there was no leadership. I'm not even, that's not on John Wall, I'm not saying, but it just felt like everybody kind of lost that, like, the air just got blown out of the room. They just felt like, all right, yeah. we didn't have enough yeah. position here. You're right. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like, for a, vet team, for a vet team like the Wizards, I'm like, this, should, this shouldn't happen. That's why I'm always puzzled when I watch the Wizards, because I'm like, this, they've been here before. They've been in this, I mean, what, John Wall last year was, what, the third time he's been in the playoffs? A Bill, third? Am I, yeah. am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah third yeah. time. So I'm like, by now, I'm just, Bill as well, and, and, and even Porter, I'm like, these guys should know how to handle this. And I'm like, still, it just seems like they don't trust each other when it gets down the stretch. And I'm like, that's why I'm always, like, I want to say the Wizards. Like, right now, everybody said when Gordon Hayward went out, we were like, all right, Wizards have to take that second you know, spot. It's going to be Cavs and Wizards. That's what I was thinking, too. And it's still early. We're not going to jump. But it's just, I want to see the the right recipe. I want to see them play the right way. And I just haven't seen it yet. There's moments, but I want to see it. And like you said, the Lakers are coming in town. Wall said what he said about Ball. You know, like, this is your second This is your second and last time to get him back. Um, but finish these young dudes off, man. Like you said, they're a young team. They play, I, the, the Lakers are exciting. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is probably the best rookie on that team. Well, is the best rookie on that team. Um, and Caldwell Pope can shoot it. They got a nice like, young group, but they, at the end of the day, they're young. They take a lot of dumb shots at times. Brandon Ingram is is playing well recently, but it's but the Wiz should have beat them. The Wiz should have beat them. They, yeah, when the Wiz went yeah. to when they when they were at the Lakers, the Lakers I believe were two and four when they lost to when the Wiz lost to the Suns. The Suns were uh, three and five, I think, or two and four or something like that. Yeah, and then of yeah, course the Mavericks yeah. were one and ten. So these are teams. Those are three wins that they they that they should have had. No questions asked. You're right. The Warriors are a better team, and and you know things got crazy and whatever. But that's a team that's going to make a run, and and that's excusable in my in my opinion. But you know the Lakers, the Suns, the I mean the Mavs, they the Wizards are struggling with the wrong teams here. You know, and this is yeah. unfortunately it's it's very um, this is consistent well, with you. DC sports. Like we play up or down to to our competition in, across the board, and it's it's something <laughs> that drives everybody here crazy. Do, do you want? No, I feel here. We do the same here in Atlanta. Let me let me ask you. Do you want Ubre to start, or do you? How do you? How do you view Ubre? Because I'm, I I want him to get more minutes with the starter. That's my I'll take. But how do you feel about Ubre starting? So, so we're we're split here on, on the podcast, right? So LP in particular, oh. he he wants Ubre in the starting lineup. He wants more minutes. He wants him to see. He wants to see what he can do. Uh, more on the defensive side, actually, because the the defense really does play. Uh, you know, with a little bit of uh, with uptick in energy when he's on the court. I, I actually still mm-hmm. like him off the bench. I think there's a couple things working against him. One, they paid a ton of money to Porter, so you're not just going to – you can't bump him. And it's really odd to play them at the same time uh, as a starting unit, at least against the Eastern Conference teams, which tend to be a little bit bigger. Maybe against the Western Conference teams where you, where you got – you know the uh, you know the smaller threes and fours maybe, but you know against when you when you look at the teams that they've played so far this year, it it wouldn't have been an advantage to him. And frankly, they need his energy. You know, Tim Frazier was brought in here to 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 bolster that second unit. It really hasn't happened yet. Uh, Jody Meeks again, like they need he's he's hit or miss. So the Wiz needs somebody to come in, and it's not like Ubre's not playing a ton of minutes. I mean, he's playing a lot of minutes. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. for right now, I, I like him where he is. I personally think the Wizards are going to make a move. I think there's a couple guys out there that are unhappy in their current situations. I think of a guy like 
uh, like Kenneth Farid, for example, who could come in and give them that body that they need up front if they can get him somehow, or even a, a, like a very savvy vet. A, I know this is going to sound crazy, and LP is going to he's going to be pissed at me, but a guy like Vince Carter who's just kind of wasting away um, out in uh, in Sacramento, like those are guys that yeah, can yeah. actually they could they can okay. give you you know five to ten minutes. Uh, you know, as needed against certain opponents in the East, because again, all we care about is the. As far as this is just one Wizards fan's perspective, all I care about is getting past Cleveland and maybe maybe the Celtics if they can continue on the pace that they're on right now. So, get me get me another body, get me somebody else who can put some minutes um, and and back up Gortat. Personally, if Gortat moves on, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be that upset, but. Um, you know, there's, I think there's bodies out there that they can bring in to kind of help that second unit still, or maybe even some, a spot yeah. starter. But as far as Ubre in particular, cause I know that's what you're asking me. I, I think Ubre right now, he's better served coming off the bench or as a spot start if somebody's injured, but they, frankly, they, they have to have him on that second unit because otherwise, uh, where's the, where's the offense going to come from? I mean, it's, it, yeah. you know, where's yeah. it going to come from? No, no, it's, 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 we've seen it the last two seasons or so, and even right now it's low, but the bench scoring has been, you guys have tried moves to make the bolster of that bench, and I get it. And it's, with Uber, what he does, what I like what he does complimenting is the defensive as far as letting John Wall play a little bit off, right? right. So not putting so much defensive pressure on Wall to guard some of the best, guard, you know, some of the best guards in the league because, I mean, it's just that's a task that most point guards now are getting help on the perimeter to not have to guard the best point guard, the best shooting. Or, you know, at their position, they got help now. Put a wing on them. That's what the NBA is going towards, all the versatility. We see that with Steph. Steph never really guards the – I mean, he, he'll sure. guard them, but when it's time, Clay Thompson is going to take that matchup or somebody else, you know, Andre Iguodala. But I, I like it because it gets – it helps Wall just, like, play his game and play offensively. But I get it. Like, Otto's having a good year so far, so like, you just don't do it. Obviously, like you said, the money, right? So the money, and then Otto's actually playing really well so far. It's not an easy decision, but I just wonder if – even if you put those together, I think they have played together, right? You can put – you can put a uh, Wall, Bill, Ubre, and a Porter in the same time. Oh yeah, right? and I think they've done that. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I think they've done that too. Yes, they they have they have done it a couple of times, but it's it's not sustainable. I mean, especially yeah. if, if they're depending on who. I think they ran that lineup actually against the Lakers, and it it worked against them because they they could hang. I mean, they could score point for point, but. They need it. They need it. They need someone on the inside to just stuff the lane a little exactly. bit, and you lose that without without uh, without uh, Morris or somebody else or uh, or Michael Scott. They need somebody in there. That's why for me, yeah. I, I look at a guy like Kenneth Farid, who who's getting basically. I like him. He's just sitting on the bench. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's starting anymore. So you know, he, he's a guy who's been serviceable, serviceable in the past. It's not really an inju- an injury history with him uh, or anything of note that you would you would worry about. So you know, is he's he? The- why I'll not? About I'll tell you about Fareed because Denver came to town, played the Hawks like two weeks ago. Um, and that was the same thing. I was talking with one of the Denver beat guys, and that's what we were saying. I was like, why can't Fareed? Because I'm a big fan of Fareed. I'm like, there's no way you can tell me this guy can't contribute. And so what? And what's interesting when we were talking about was if people don't know, Fareed and, and Jokic were like two of the best tandems last season, like statistics-wise, like – because, you know, obviously Jokic has the really good passing skills. He stretches the floor. And he lets Fareed do what Fareed does. Do the dirty work, get the rebounds, get the scrap points. And they work together because Fareed had more spacing. And it just, you know, the offense is ran real fast in Denver. So it worked for him. So it's just, if he bring him to Washington, it would only need to be that he needs to be paired with uh, a, a stretch, you know, a stretch five or whatever, a stretch four. 
and they would have to work together, which I guess for you guys would be what Morris, you Morris, would be that Morris or Scott? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't. Morris I don't, Scott, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't like to, I don't like to call people out and say get rid of this piece or get rid of this piece. But if Fareed's on the team, then yeah, run him and run him and Scott at the same time, or or him and Porter like for it. that matter. I mean, you can do more things with him. He's just another. He's going to go get those boards that sometimes oh, yeah. our current starting center can't grab for some reason. It's just there's too many like floaty hook things from our current center which drive me bananas whereas you just want somebody to jump straight up and throw it straight down and and move on or or stuff the lane again like we just need that i mean the 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 calves i just look at the teams that a couple nights ago i mean the mavs got too many bench points too many sorry too many points in the paint and before that the, the suns the suns got too many points in the paint the lakers everything in the paint. So yeah, yeah. this is a real deficiency on, on the team, on the Wizards, on this current iteration of the Wizards. It'll get better when Morris is 100% and back in there. I, I like the Michael Scott edition. I think he's he's a serviceable body. You know, he's if nothing else, he's going to he's gonna use four out of six fouls. Um, I mean, no one's just going to walk in and, and put layups in on him. But to me, there's still, there's still some teams out there with pieces that are not good fits for their current systems. Fareed is just, I imagine he's on everyone's wish list. It's just a matter of oh, yeah. what's the cost because oh, yeah. he, yeah, exactly. he, can, he can do the four. He can do the five. He's going to rebound. He's he's not terrible as far as like shooting-wise. He's not a liability. I, I don't know why. I, I, I expect him to be traded at some point. Vince is probably, you know, I don't know what he really gives you except a real savvy presence. I mean, I think back to the Paul Pierce year in here in Washington that the team really rallied around somebody who had been there before, had taken the big yeah. shots, had made the big shots. And to some extent, that's still lacking here. I mean, yes, John and, and Brad really have taken the reins here and, and the bull by the horns, but they've also had their struggles, you know, getting over the hump. And, you know, that Game 7 defeat last year was real tough on them. I mean, they, they took yeah. it – They took it. I mean, they were they were one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. And in my opinion, they were they, – they, I think they would have given Cleveland a much better – Tougher time, I guess. Uh, maybe they wouldn't have beat them, yeah. but they—I mean, the Celtics were just poo-poo. And but that's that's just because, my opinion. No, you—I mean, we, we were bored. Games, the first two games, it was a, a snooze fest. So I don't. The Celtics didn't entertain at all. I think Washington would have been a, a way better matchup. I don't know if Wall said that earlier, but or a couple of weeks ago, I think one of them on the Wizards said that they thought. I mean, they were pretty confident they would have gave Washington uh, Cavaliers at least a tough time. But the thing about y'all is. What I like about Washington, like when you guys played here in Atlanta, and the biggest thing was I remember asking Hardaway and Millsap and all these guys, like, what are you going to do about Washington in the open court? Because we all know Washington, when it comes to fast break points, y'all are deadly. Like, there's no way you're stopping Wall because he's trying to take it 100 miles per hour, and you guys are running. Like, that's when it's the best. But we know playoff time is slows down, right? So I think that game seven, it came down to just the tempo was fitting Washington at, you know, once you slow Washington down, I think a lot of teams feel confident they can stop them. And that's, and I think that to your point, that's what you're saying. Like you need, uh, there needs to be a voice, right? Like, like you said, Paul Pierce was the voice, a half court guy who thrives in that kind of mode. Right. So, and you don't have that right now who just thrives in being in a half court setting. You have a lot of guys who, yeah, get Washington out and running there. You can't, nobody can stop them, but you don't have a voice in the half court. that would be like, all right, let's slow this down. Let's run this play. Let's right. get a good call here. You know, you don't have it right now, and it's just like the Clippers had that problem for the longest. Like, Clippers were a up-tempo, you know, lob city, all that with CP and Blake, but when it came to the half court, they didn't have the right pieces. 
to get the points against when it came against the Spurs or when they went against the, the Thunder or when they went against Golden State or whatever it was. The half-court game hurt them in the end because you can only get away, you can only run away from your weaknesses for so long. And then eventually it's game seven of the Eastern Conference semis and Washington and I hated that because I picked Washington to win that I thought y'all were going to oh, take hey, that, we, 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 I, I did too and we uh, I, I really don't want to relive that last year's playoffs but no, but yo well, we, look, we had a shot we had a shot to put them away in game two I mean we had a 20 something point lead yeah. in game two I mean that that would have changed the series obviously so they 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 could do it they did do it to some extent and then you know game seven it just didn't happen so it, you know it, 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 it's it's over and this is a new season but you know let me get you out on two questions here eric i'm gonna go one east coast okay. one one, uh, one eastern conference one western do you feel like the celtics will stay as the top team in the east for the rest of the season mm. number one team no i don't think they will okay um i know and I, I just think mainly because they for right now yeah i love i've what I've watched, and I think I've watched four or five games in them so far, and I'm loving every bit of it, what Kyrie's having to do. I don't like the fact that, even as, as amazing as this guy is, I don't want him to have to score that much against the Hawks the other night. To me, was a little bit of a, it should be a red flag for, for Celtics fans. Like, yeah, it's amazing to do. And I, like I said earlier, this Hawks team plays hard, and they play each other well. Those two match up well. But I think in the end, you have that guy trying to cover up some of the deficiencies of Jalen Brown. And Tatum, and Tatum looks like damn rookie. He could be rookie of the year too. He's right he in that he's race the, too. He's, he's the best great. rookie in the league. He, he's 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 awesome. He's just awesome. Yeah. Oh my god! Like he came in just busting guys. Like like he never. He's not thinking he's nineteen years old. Like he's so racist. I'm impressed with him. Jalen's been having like off and on. You know, like he's had some good games and he disappeared. He didn't have a good game the other night. But I just don't like that. So that formula for like the whole season. You know, like Kyrie can do this for now, but. It's over time. You're gonna need. They're gonna need a lot of scoring from Jalen and from Tatum, and it's just a lot to ask from those two guys. But I, from what I've seen, they look good. But I don't think they'll keep that number one. All right, and then let's let's shift here. Western Conference Thunder. Will the Thunder finish as a top three team in the West? Ooh, no. Oop. Damn, you hurting me, man. You hurting <laughs> me. What is that? I said okay. So Thunder. You said Thunder not finishing the top three. Will will they finish one, two, or three? It's unlikely they'll finish uh, top, but do you think they'll finish in some order? Warriors, Rockets, uh, Thunder. Do you think they're a top three team? Oh my gosh! Um, they gotta go on a run. They gotta go on a huge run. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say no. Damn, I don't even. <laughs> you know, what? I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. Forget it. I because <laughs> I'm flip flopping on this right now. Melo has looked like. He looks like good Melo. He's looked like bad Melo. It seems like a lot of this kind of sways on where Melo's looking like, right? Because we know what's going to do what he does. Paul George is in a comfortable spot because he's doing what he likes, but he doesn't have any, he's not having to have that pressure. Melo's playing like he has pressure on him to prove something. And that can be a good and bad thing because you know Melo can push it and push it too much and kind of put the offense out of whack. So I, I'm trying to keep that in mind with, what each play, each three of them have to prove. Because I know right now it it looks shaky. They don't look too good. Where are they at right now? They're they're not in the playoffs right now. I don't think so. Um, they're sitting at they're sitting in twelfth at four and six. But I'll tell you the, the the real telling stat for this team, and it, it's it blew my mind when I when I saw this. Uh, I think yesterday or earlier today, they have no wins in the conference. They are zero and five against the West. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. They're four and yeah. six overall, and 
those four wins are not against the West, and five of the six losses mm-hmm. against the West. That, that that's not a good look. I mean that that's right. not look, encouraging. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Pacers. They beat the Knicks on the first game. So you're exactly right. It's none of it. They lost a close one against Timberwolves. That was a good game. I watched that one. But no, you're. They beat the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, it's none of them has been impressive. The Celtics was a bad loss because it showed a lot of flaws with them. Um, I'm closing out games, and I worry about them defensively too. Like, there's they low to sleep at a lot of these a couple of these games where they just fall asleep when it when they need to get a stop. And I don't I don't really see it much. I don't know who's going to be that defensive anchor that they can rely on. Who's going to be that guy? And I worry about that as well. You got to have a voice out there. I don't know who's talking out there. Who's the you know who's no, the guy? No, I know who's talking. I, I think the point guard's doing all the talking, but he's it's going to turn real, that that script is going to flip real quick uh, if they don't start getting yeah. getting consistent shooting out of uh, out of their wing players. I mean, he he can do a lot, but he can't do everything. And nope. and you know, I, I love watching. I love watching Russ. He he's so much fun to watch. But man, yeah. I, I would hate to be in a locker room with him every single day. I, I just feel like he demands the world out of everybody. And if there's one person who doesn't really handle the pressure or, or people talking to him in a certain way, it's, it's mellow. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to call him soft. I, I don't, that that's the wrong word, but we know he doesn't like people in his face. So, and, yeah. it, and frankly, it's not his team. So I imagine that Russ is going to get in his face at some point and say, you got to play some defense, my man. Like you, you got to, you can't just shoot. You've got to play some defense also. <laughs> So, like, and, and offensive people playing the Thunder right now, they know that they know they know how to attack Melo. They know what to do to how to put him in pick and roll situations so they can attack him. Like, he, they're good at people. Are good. The good teams in the West will expose Melo when it's time to expose Melo, and that's when you're gonna, like you're saying, you're gonna see there might be a little friction here and there. Melo at the end of the day, Melo wanted to come there. I don't think that was his first choice, but he wants to be there, which is good at least that, but. There's got to be some kind of pecking order. They're going to figure out the pecking order. It takes time. The Heat had to do it, but I, I, I just worry about the dynamic. is It's very interesting, just because you've seen this before. Nobody wants to step on nobody's toes. Everybody wants to be careful with each other. We all get along, but at some point, somebody's got to take take the reins and be like, "Look, look, this is what you do Eric, best." I, I got to tell you, Eric, I, I, mm-hmm. I just I don't see Russ. Shining, shying away from Mello or from anyone else. I, maybe it's just because I don't know him, but he doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to play nice in the locker room just because he wants to keep everyone, you know, uh, happy and everyone comfortable. He 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 seems like the opposite. He seems like the guy who's going to demand that you. I mean, uh, it just seems like he's going to get in his face at some point if things don't turn around. Oh, and five in the, in the conference is a disaster. Right, so that's bad. Yeah, that's, that, that's real that's bad because really that's ultimately you can lose all the Eastern Conference games you want, but you got to hold your own against the against your opponents out west if you really want a shot at moving forward. And frankly, they didn't they didn't trade for all these pieces to not be competitive. And right now they're just nope. not they're not real competitive. So you know maybe there's another move to be made, maybe, but I I don't know. This one is it's going to play out I think closer to a like a a reality TV show than a, than an NBA team because at some point <laughs> at some point. I can see Russ just going crazy and saying, "Like I'm here for the long haul. You got to go." You know, you're, you're he's driving a moody me crazy. man. Russ don't like losing. He gets real moody. So you might be on. You're going to be on. You're right. He's going to get moody. He's not like it. He's going to let them know. I uh, hopefully it's um, hopefully. I mean, I want them to make it. Here's the thing: I want them to be a top team. I want them to make this interesting. I want them to be right there playing the Warriors and the whatever the second round or whatever it is or the finals, conference finals. I want the team to make it. I'm just 
but from what I've seen, I just want to see how this is going, all going to mesh. Because Russ is taking this game, Russ is taking less shots than I thought he would. And I just wonder how long is he going to sustain that until he says, you know what, bump all this. Like, I'm just about – because if we keep losing, I'm about to start taking 20 shots like I did last season. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much longer he's going to be like, I'm going to try to just yes. cater to these two, to PG. Yeah, eventually he's going to be like, look, this is enough of this because we got to get these wins. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I feel where you're coming uh, from. I mean, we'll, I feel. Next time we have you on, we'll do a, we'll do a little Thunder check-in and see if you got any insight for us. But I, I mean, that's a team I just – I love to kind of keep a, a tabs on just from afar because I, I do love Russ, and there's, there's some yeah. studs there. And they should be better than they are, and they're really not performing. So yeah, it, to some extent, it's Miami circa 2010 when they they were supposed to just you know not one, not two, not five, not six, whatever nonsense, and they yeah. they couldn't they couldn't string together back to back wins. So you, you know it'll. I think this is another one of those things that'll kind of the rhythm. They'll they'll find their rhythm and they'll, they'll string some wins together. But I don't think they're better than the Rockets. I, I don't think even yeah. without even without Chris Paul, I think the Rockets are in, they're just underrated because it's Houston and no one cares. But you know, you talk about a sports town that's freaking on top of the world right now. You, you know, Deshaun. Uh, it sucks that that Watson went down, but they got a they got a they got a real quarterback. They got a real basketball team. They got the you know they won the World Series. I mean, Houston's on top of the world right now. Um, you know, so meanwhile, my Falcons, my Falcons are four and four. So you know, <laughs> right in the wild card, you know, uh, right in Atlanta, the wild card hunt with the with the skins and the and the Hawks and the the Seahawks and a bunch of other NFC teams. Yeah, true. It looks true. like the Saints the are going to run away with the South, right? The Saints are Saints are on a tear. Oh, it makes me so sick to my stomach. <laughs> I, they are. They're killing it. And who that? If people don't know Atlanta and New Orleans, like I think people do. As y'all in Washington, y'all in DC, y'all know. Like we hate each other. Like New Orleans Saints and the Falcons. That's a bitter rivalry. So like they've been talking a lot of smack. They've been talking since the Super Bowl. It's it's, it's crazy, but they they got it. Look, I gotta give it to them. We look bad. Julio came and get the ball. Julio's dropping wide open touchdowns. Like, oh. yeah, it's just bad. Oh. It's bad right now. We'll get it together. Our teams, our basketball teams, tanking. Our baseball teams not making. They didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> not even close. They got. I mean, it's just Atlanta. It's the but opposite we do of have Houston. <laughs> we still got good limit. We're known for lemon pepper wings. We still got good wings here. We still have good strip clubs, and you know. That's what we do. What happened to what happened to that uh, what happened to crunk music? Is that still a thing? <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, we got GoGo. GoGo is the is the official sound of DC. So we we know music. We can do a music podcast up here if you want. We got to do that. We need to do that too. Because <laughs> I respect the hell out of GoGo. I respect GoGo like at any time. But crunk music is dead. I, I miss all the little John. I miss the. <laughs> do you remember the? Uh, do you remember the gasoline? Like holder, like like, the, like he used to put crunk juice on it. Remember crunk juice? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah, crunk juice and all that. Like that whole era was on two thousands was dope. But we're now we're done with that. Everything is trap music now. Like we just do. We got Twenty One Savage, Future, all these dudes. Like it's it's all about trap music here in Atlanta. So what about what about? What, but you still got some some almost Emmy award winning TV shows. ATL on uh, on FX is awesome. Oh my God! How much do you? How much do you? Okay, tell me how much you love it because I can go on and on. I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, Eric, we need we need a we need a separate podcast, man. We we just yeah. need a separate podcast talking about you know <laughs> pop culture and and current events and TV. My man, I'm with it. I'm with it anytime, man. You know I'm here for you, <laughs> Eric. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. We we kept you long longer than we expected, but thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you. And, and it, we, I mean, personally, I love the fact that you're, you're so close to the NBA and when you I mean, you give us insight that otherwise we wouldn't have, 
Um, so thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Where, where can everybody find you online uh, and all the different, uh, the different things that you're doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, definitely hit me up on uh, Yeboah NBA is the Twitter. Um, uh, Hawkshoop.com is where I got, I just, I just did a little story on Tony Prince. I talked with him about, he had a newborn daughter, so I know you can, uh, you can relate with the newborns, <laughs> but he had a newborn daughter and I had a little story about him. So check that out, Hawkshoop.com. Um, EricYeboah.com is where I have like different articles I do uh, just about, it can be anything political or something else. Uh, but that's what you can catch me at, man. Um, I, first of all, I gotta say, I gotta appreciate y'all always, man. It's, y'all are good fam. Uh, when I came to DC, y'all were making sure I was good. I didn't get to see y'all, but y'all, y'all told me where to go to get my food and all that <laughs> kind of thing. So shout, shout out to y'all, man. I always appreciate it. And I, I can't wait to come back on the show. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Eric. It was great having you. Uh, thank you again for making time for us. Sorry for keeping you over, but thank you for coming on. Uh, Again, LP, FP, and Stevie had the night off, so uh, it's just your boy Joe here riding solo. Uh, thank you again to Eric for coming on. This has been DTC, proud members of the Heroes Media Group. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, we are out.